This is BTS with CTV Behind the Scenes, Behind the Stories we bring you from the CTV Vancouver Newsroom. My name is Penny Daflos and I'll be your guide behind the curtain to a tremendous change that's taken place within our newsroom without the audience having a clue. A change that's completely upended our jobs and can best be described as multitasking on steroids. In some markets, it's called MSJ or MMJ or VJing, but what it boils down to is every journalist in the field is now multimedia or multi-skilled, with on-air reporters now shooting and editing much of their own video, in addition to interviewing, producing and writing our stories. Videographers are now also writing for our website and broadcast. So imagine something like a first responder that's a police officer, firefighter and ambulance attendant all rolled into one. Quite simply, we now have a lot more work and even tighter deadlines. It's been a scary and intimidating change for journalists on the front lines, necessitating a helpline of sorts between colleagues as our newsroom tries to adapt to the on-demand nature of modern news consumption and our audience's expectations. So here's a truly behind-the-scenes, self-reflective account of what's happening from the boots on the ground and the chief journalist overseeing it all. start out with our news director Les Staff. Um, this has been a huge transition for our newsroom. We've been a very traditional newsroom so far with reporters doing the editorial, our shooters doing the videography, editors handling, you know, bringing it all together in a, I don't want to say physical perspective, but bringing together the visuals and the audio and the editorial. How difficult was it to try to um, amalgamate all those positions into one? And, and why are we doing this uh, in the first place, I suppose? Because it's a huge um, seismic shift for us, kind of philosophically, the way our workflow is, is going to be moving forward. Let's start with the why, because that's really what the genesis of this thing was. The why comes from how people are consuming news and information. Phones, tablets... Uh, non-traditional, non-appointment news consumption, mostly in the digital space. And we, uh, we looked at how we perform from a television aspect and viewership and content delivery, and we do very well in that space. We actually, uh, by metrics compared to our competitors, we over-deliver. We have better content, we, min we win more awards, we, you know, uh, the audience survey and feedback that we get consistently in broadcast puts us at a very high level. Conversely, when we look at our metrics around digital and digital delivery, the audience growth there is significant, but we weren't competing as well as we needed to in that space. And by competition, I mean really attracting an audience. You know, um, the CTV News brand on television is a very strong brand. CTV News in a digital brand is still pretty strong, but wasn't as strong as we needed it to be. And although we're seeing our consumption grow, we're seeing, you know, others in the marketplace growing and doing much better than us. So that was kind of the why. How do we increase our digital stance, our digital footprint in news consumption? without adding a whole bunch of new people because that's the challenge. There's always a pressure from where I sit on how much do we spend versus how much do we earn and what does it cost to gather the news, which is a very expensive thing. News is not free. Despite what many people may consider, news is actually very expensive to gather. So what I what I we started looking at and is how can we try and transition some of our news gathering into a stronger digital stance. And that's where the the, the term multi-skilled journalist came in, MSJ. 
And multi-skilled journalists are, uh, are really uh, the pointy end of the sword of gathering for digital, gathering for television, uh, delivering content to the traditional six o'clock broadcast model, but also uh, making sure that at 10.30 in the morning when we have many thousands of people clicking on vancouver.ctvnews.ca, that they're not having to see last night's six o'clock material because that's another thing in the digital spaces there is only one deadline and it is right now. And that's a huge change for us because we would spend the whole day gathering and geared towards six o'clock and what can, what can we have in time for six? And so when PR people or your clips aren't coming up until four o'clock and you're trying to cram that all together for six, you still had your eye on the prize of six o'clock or, or five, five thirty, if you, you know, something a little bit different on a, on a story. But now it's it's not just tweeting, it's full articles. It's more comprehensive coverage throughout the day, which for us has been a huge transition. We use two words in this project, digital first. And really what it is, is it's next deadline first. At 1030 in the morning, your next deadline is at 1030 for digital. At quarter to 12, you may not feed digital because your next deadline is actually the new news, which is a broadcast product. So what we've tried to do is we've tried to sort of reset the mindset. Newspapers went through this uh, a while back where the news that was delivered to my doorstep on, on Monday morning was kind of last week's news or on Tuesday morning was Monday's news. And, you know, the, 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 the consumption of news has gotten much tighter, much, much tighter. People aren't waiting as long uh, in their day to find out what happened. Here's what they are waiting for. Why? or who does it affect? And that's what the broadcast is really good at, is giving the context around it. Digital is very good at the dissemination of information, both in social media and on our website. So that's really what we do is, we are the what happened news factory until a broadcast happens, and then we start layering in some of that context, and obviously being a television broadcaster, bringing the video. People want to see the news. They just don't want to know the news, right? So that's why, you know, even in even in our digital space, we're driving video as much as possible because, A, we're very good at, at, at video, and, B, the consumption of video on multiple screens, whether it's a TV screen or a, or a tablet or an, a, a phone screen, the consumption of video is king. Uh, and now what we're starting to think about is, okay, if people are consuming video in, you know, in, in these fast-paced streams of their daily content aggregation, um, how can we better serve that? And, you know, now we're starting to think about, well, is the traditional two-minute TV story maybe not working as well in that paradigm as a shorter story? Radio's been doing 35-second stories forever. Maybe that's something. So I think what this whole project is about is having the courage to look at where are because the easiest thing to do is to still do what we always did right so the courage to have a look at how we do things and then secondly you know having having the the courage for the for the for the room for the culture to say okay let's let's try and that's where you know that's where because people who have done the same sort of process day in and day out for you know some people in this building were here in you know September of 97 on day one and they've done it a specific way many 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 years finding a new way or you know instilling a new way that's a culture shift but our audience is shifting and if we don't you know there's the only thing worse than not being at a party is you know being left left behind when the party is actually gone and and i and i think i think now not only are we at the party but we are 
in in this market, I think we're we're to some degree we're we're plowing new ground, certainly in private broadcasting. When you first made the announcement a couple months ago that we were going to be doing this, um, there was a lot of apprehension in the room. I'm going to be completely honest. Absolutely. A lot of people I were freaked out um, because for a reporter to pick up a camera, having like for myself, I've been reporting for more than a decade now. So to pick up a camera and try to wrap my head around that and conversely for our videographers to, um, you know, pick up a keyboard and be um, typing up web copy after going to a press conference. A lot of people were extremely apprehensive. There was a lot of actual fear in the room. I think now that we are weeks into we've wrapped up our training everybody's now kind of in it um, I think there's still a little bit of apprehension but I've, I'm seeing some people feeling reinvigorated about their careers in general um, I myself was super nervous about doing all sorts of stuff and having the same quality and while the quality isn't there for me when I pick up a camera I do feel um, the challenge and the opportunity to try to do something a little bit different and try to because our videographers are the best in the business and I feel like observing them and appreciating their work over the years has given me a foundation actually I don't feel like I'm starting from scratch so I feel like we may be at the turning point but it is still um, really difficult for everybody to try to wrap their heads around do you think that we're going to get through this just you know, in terms of reps, or do you think, how do you think, in, you know, culturally being able to make that transition, we do this going forward? I've been at this table looking at this project now for a year and a half, maybe a bit longer. And I remember very early in the process when I was, you know, when we were looking at this idea, the one thing that I've seen stations do that has led to significant failure is they flip a switch. Friday's newscast is a regular traditional newscast gathered in a regular traditional way. Monday's newscast, everyone is a video journalist, VJ, or a, in, in some American markets, they call it MMJ, multimedia journalist. We call it MSJ. Everyone's an MSJ. You, you'll be very proud of that Friday newscast and you probably won't be that proud of the Monday newscast. So I early on said, this needs to be a dimmer switch where we're gonna, we're turning this out. We're gonna give everyone training and we're gonna hopefully in the training, they're going to realize their potential that, okay, this may be possible. And then we're gonna do it as a dimmer switch. And then the third thing is when you're shifting culture being accepting of feedback and accepting of of the response from the group some will transition quite quickly and it's usually the i call them the control enthusiast they they like to have control over their entire product and this gives them that you know why are you talking about me specifically <laughs> <laughs> but no it, it 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 does it does very well those are the early adopters you know uh, but i'm not I mean, I care about those people, and they're going to be our change leaders, but I really care about the people who have been doing it one way for 20, 30 years and giving them an opportunity to find new new ways of doing stuff because here's what it is. It's a way that we future-proof ourselves as a news entity. It's a way that journalists future-proof themselves as journalists because the world is changing rapidly. Just look at how we consume media and news and i consume it just like you know my my friends and neighbors consume it and i watch how they consume it and they're even more ruthless than i am i'll give i'll give some credit and i'll watch in ways that maybe people aren't watching as much anymore uh or consuming as much anymore uh my my friends and neighbors are ruthless in how they consume
I think that part of the concerns that were um, that a lot of people raised at the beginning was, oh, the quality is going to suffer. And, you know, you throw a, a, a reporter, a traditional reporter in a situation with a camera and the quality is going to suffer. But it seems that there's a trade off between quality, you know, professional videography, but also that immediacy and being able to have more eyes at a single scene gathering as opposed to just one person. Is is that the trade off that you see right now, the, the kind of quality of the videography and, and the um, in-depth um, aspect of it versus being able to have more and, and that sense of immediacy? There's a quality versus quantity is part of it. Uh, you know, being there on quantity, but also thinking of the audience, because that's where you have to be all the time. How is the audience being served by this journalism? The audience's ability to consume video in all sorts of weird formats now, vertical video shot on a phone, you know, with big boxes on the side of it, not quite in focus, shaky video with, you know, the, 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 we call it the video vocabulary is much broader these days than it used to be. When I got into this business, you know, many, many years ago, it, you know, every sec, every shot was eight seconds long and you didn't do, you know, pans and zooms and those sorts of things because the visual audience, the audience had a hard time, you know, consuming that visually. Now shots are three seconds long or they're 30 seconds long and, and, and the rules are kind of up for grabs depending on what the content requires. Um, the other part of this is the technology has changed. I was, uh, believe it or not, back in 97, I worked as a VJ with one of those really big, put it on your shoulder cameras. And here's what I found. I ended up doing two jobs, neither of them really well, because the technology on the camera was just so hard to process. And, you know, being there present in the journalism and being able to ask the right questions. And that was a fear of mine when I first started looking at this but the technology has now allowed us I saw a video the other day that came back from the field in this building that was orange and would never get to air and then I saw it processed through our editing device which is an iPad and that video went from orange unairable to that's perfectly fine with a just to put your finger on it and slide the bar over on an iPad so the technology is allowing us to maybe help uh, a little bit of the learning curve in the field. It's much more forgiving than it was exactly, traditionally, for exactly. sure. So, I, but quality, listen, there is still a very large audience that looks to the supper newscast as the newscast of record. And we will not abdicate the responsibility that we have to this market, to this community, to serve journalism in the best way possible in that time frame. Mornings, noon, 5, 6, 11.30, we are in it and we are committed to it. But we are also very cognizant that there are thousands of people who are consuming on their phones and on their computers and 10.30 in the morning when they have their coffee break and they may not be in that six o'clock audience. They may, you know, only be there for 10 minutes in the morning between brushing their teeth and, you know, uh, chowing down some cereal. Uh, and so we need to serve them in all platforms because A, we have a responsibility to serve them and B, if we don't, we're kind of irrelevant. So big transition, but I guess the, um, the the responsibility is also huge because a lot of people just aren't home for six o'clock. So I'm, I'm really glad that we are pivoting to be available at more times of the day when people are expecting it because now everybody's expecting news and everything else for that matter at their convenience, not when we tell them it's available, but when they're available. You know, one of the hardest things that newsrooms have uh, to do is look into the future because we're very much about today. We have been trained to be about today to be about right now. And that is ingrained in us. And it drives my wife nuts because I'm such a hard planner, right? But 
you know, I, I started thinking about what does this look like five years from now, given the trends we're seeing now? And I don't, I'm not in this to just get through today. I mean, I love the news for today aspect of local news, but I'm, I want to make sure that we're as, as relevant and viable and of service to our community in 2023 as we were in 2018 when we started looking at this thing. And it was interesting when we started putting the, word, the letters or the numbers 2023 on a, on a graph and doing projections, the do nothing graph was quite frightening. So I'm very, I'm actually quite proud that we've had the courage to say, what does 2023 really look like? Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Now that we've heard from our boss, I'd like to bring in a shooter and a reporter to join me in a little roundtable discussion about the changes that are coming to our newsroom that have come to our newsroom already. So thank you, Sinjin, Alexander, and Murray Titus for joining me. Although we are both now shooters and reporters because Murray is now a reporter and we've seen a lot of your stories already, Murray. Thank you, Sinjin. <laughs> we've seen a lot of them. That's very kind of you to say. It's, it's been an interesting challenge over the last several weeks. And... Uh, if it wasn't for the support of all of the uh, traditionally editorial folk like yourself, then uh, you know I think it might uh, we we might be uh, having a different discussion. Because we, we do we have our one eight hundred helpline, which you guys set up. Which it's is, a WhatsApp chat. It's, I mean, it, it is a WhatsApp chat, but you can't work out something. You say, does anybody know how to do this? Because we're out in the field and we send it, and everyone responds really quickly if you know the answer to a to a, a question, and that's really helped out. We look at each other, we're the traditional model of a reporter and a camera operator uh, slash editor slash truck operator. So we already did a number of functions anyway, technical functions. But those of us who are more technically inclined were generally the photographers. And uh, it is a collaborative effort when we're, when we're out in the field. And so you have a group of people who are already know each other. You were already part of the TV family, if you will. And suddenly, you know, we walk into a meeting and they say, boom, this is how we're going to change the way we do things. And suddenly, you know, people are looking at each other like, holy crap. Mm -hmm. You know, there's people like myself who have been in this industry for, you know, more years than we would like to think. And uh, we're thinking, well, this might be the end of the line. But we're discovering that all of us, because we're all training together, different, uh, so we've got reporters, I should say, traditional reporters and traditional camera people and traditional editors working together and learning this stuff. We're discovering that everyone has a lot of talents. You can write, you can write fast, Murray, and I think you're actually enjoying it. A little smile on his face there. (laughs) I, I, I think, as I look at my own personal journey through journalism and through television, I have always been around technological change. Technological change has always dictated uh, you know, how the business sort of evolves. And if I had have dug my heels in years ago in St. John, New Brunswick at the first TV station I, I worked at and said, oh no, I, I, you know, this is it, you, you can't do it this way, then you die. This is how this business evolves. Mm-hmm. You either adapt or you die. 
That being said, though, I think that on from the reporter side and from the technical side, there's been a lot of apprehension. People have been yes. quite nervous because we have become, all of us, very adept in our particular aspect of the news gathering. And, you That's know, right. so to take on and learn that other side, it really, we have leaned so heavily on each other to learn that. And the shooters have been sending us scripts and online rights for us to, they're like, oh, you know, I, I could use some headline advice or whatever. And then on the flip side, I've sat down with a bunch of, of uh, videographers and they've said oh your framing is good here but your you know your exposure needs to change a bit so i think the fact that we have we are a big family sometimes dysfunctional but mm -hmm. generally loving mm -hmm. <laughs> and just the fact that we i think have everybody's been so generous with their time to help each other through this transition has made a world of difference oh yeah i mean i've been used you guys a lot because suddenly I need these readers to see anything, so I can't tell if anything is in focus on my camera. This has happened at the worst time at all, so I'm constantly saying, Murray, Penny, is this in focus? And he's constantly misplacing his glasses. I just want to just want to add that. I <laughs> this is why you have many pairs. This is why you go to the dollar store and you buy a bunch of them. But, you know, get, getting to the fact that, you know, we had traditional jobs and they've now, all, for all intensive purposes, been combined. Okay, I mean, I purposely chose to do what I do because I really didn't want to be in front of a camera. I really wasn't, uh, I, I didn't want to, I wanted to tell my story visually. I didn't want to tell my story orally or, you know, you know, I dabble in writing and I dabble in, you know, telling stories. I mean, if you've been in the car with me on a long road trip, you know, I can put a few of you to sleep with some of my yarns of yesteryear. Okay, I just want to interject really quickly that uh, Merman is a maritimer, and his gift for storytelling is so evident in the truck. And that's one of that honestly, that is one of the things that I was really sad about when we heard that we were going to be working solo mm. so much would be mm -hmm. the loss of the camaraderie and the collaboration that we yeah. get working us on the editorial side, the shooters on the visually creative um, creation, you know, of audio and all that kind of stuff. I was really sad to think that we'd be losing that, but we have had so many assignments that you, it is a two-person job, either because there are live hits involved or because there's a lot of driving involved, so we haven't lost that, but honestly, the camaraderie and, and the fun and, and collaboration, I was so worried we'd lose that. Because there is a lot of that in, in the traditional form, that you sit there and you, you for example, you're driving, you're assigned, and you, uh, generally the, the shooter will be driving, and, and you will be uh, making calls in the passenger seat and giving directions, and you talk about the story, on discussion the, about the story discussion. as to how you're going to cover the story. And we feared that that was going to be lost. You have all of this chaos, new equipment, new skills, new expectations, new timelines, new, new uh, time management uh, skills that you have to develop immediately because now you're not thinking about one part of the discipline, you're thinking about all parts of the discipline. And you have a situation where essentially a newsroom is in chaos but as it evolved and as it developed you know we have such respect for each other and such respect and passion for what we do it actually turned into maybe the biggest team building exercise that this this building has ever had in its 22 year history and I've been here for it all and now I'm excited to come into work every freaking day because I can hardly wait to see what's on the agenda and how we're going to tackle it. And whether I tackle it with you, Penny, or you, Sinjin, or whether I have to tackle it by myself is really inconsequential. I'm just looking forward to the challenge. The, the fact that everybody's been so generous with their skills and their tutoring or their suggestions is a testament to the kind of people that we have in this newsroom. 
See, I told you there was a smile on his face. Right? There yeah, is a I, big smile, which is great. And then we're discovering things that we didn't think we could do. I, I, I was at, at the mall doing an interview for something else, drove by, and saw a flood. It wasn't huge, but yeah. it was a flood. It was worth shooting. And the first thing was to pick up the phone and call good old Tanya. Do we have a shooter? And I went, wait a minute. I've got a camera. <laughs> So, Sinjin, I know Merman's clearly been reinvigorated by, by this uh, change in direction. Uh, how do you feel overall about it? Don't tell anyone, but I think I'm actually enjoying doing it. But I do miss a lot of the working oh, together, for too. sure. But, but I am enjoying shooting and editing some days, you know, all days. There is definitely more stress. You are worried that you're not doing the right thing. Because you and I are so new at the editing and shooting thing. And we know good quality shots and the reason we know this is because we've been dealing with them for a decade our expectations are so high we know know what it looks like so when we come back with ours the lighting could be better and the color's a little off but both you but well both you have hit it out of the park since we've begun as the grand old man of the newsroom you know i couldn't be more prouder of my colleagues all of them on both sides of the camera Oh, well, all sides of the camera now. That's all of us now, yeah. And uh, the thing was, uh, it, this could have went totally sideways, and it didn't. And people came together as a team. And, you know, I think I was very clear in the beginning when I approached a number of you and said, look, when you're out in the field and you have a problem, you just pick up the phone and call me, and I will talk you through it. Yeah. Okay? It's not that – it won't be that difficult. Now <laughs> – you know, Sinjin see me at my worst, you know, when I'm trying to peck out a story and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I, I you know, and I'm banging my head against the uh, against the table. And he just says, Mur, just get the first line out, just the first line. And then once that first line comes out, it's it's it just That's all gross. starts flying after that. Yeah. You know, he helps get get me over that writer's block uh, in other situations. People can be very. Um, very protective of their of their fiefdom that they built up their their skill fiefdom if they will and they're not willing to share because they want to be more valuable than the next person so and we th- haven't seen that here i don't we haven't seen that not. not at all and not that's at all. that's what makes me so freaking proud of the people i work with all everybody and i i go around now to everybody ask them what they're working on you know i i think it's exciting it's definitely a new era in the newsroom and i want to thank you both for uh, sharing your thoughts and being so open on the podcast this week It's always our pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Les as well. And thank you for joining us on BTS with CTV. And I hope you'll check out my colleague Binder Sudgeon's Lady at the Ledge podcast, combining politics, current events, and Binder's smart and sassy take on the big issues of the week. Is there a topic you'd like me to cover on a future episode of this podcast? Email me, bts at ctv.ca. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe for more insights, tidbits, and the stories behind the stories. I'm Penny Daphos. (laughs) 